with all not your truth or kindness, Lord. With all not your truth or kindness, Lord. Welcome to The Notice, where together we notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hookstra, your host. The Notice podcast explores our need for validation and affirmation through biblical musings and unique stories with special guests. Experience relevant topics and encouragement as we take notice of how the God of mercy satisfies. With the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic, or maybe anything else unexpected you may be going through because of this crisis, do you find yourself overthinking or imagining all kinds of scenarios in your head? In the world of unknowns, we may ask, what is it? Stay tuned for this episode where we discuss how we overthink, why we overthink, and how God takes notice of us when we do. Friends, what a crazy season our world is in. The COVID-19 virus pandemic affects our lives in so many ways. Unfortunately, some have actually contracted the virus, while our leaders around the globe are doing what they can to make decisions that will limit the spread. We find ourselves social distancing, working at home, or stocking up in food and items just in case there is a lockdown. Some of us have lost income because events were canceled, or we have to stay home with our kids. We limit our contact by avoiding large gatherings, even our own worship services. In times like these, no one can explain how it happened or why. We ask ourselves many questions. Could I contract the virus? Is it really that bad? In our quest for answers, we just don't know what we're feeling, so we settle on a bigger question. Just what is it? As we scramble to find out as much information as we can, we ultimately recognize we don't know what we don't know. I don't know about you, but when I don't have answers, I tend to overthink or over-research. Often, in my quest to protect myself, I think the worst. Or I might even come up with multiple scenarios in my mind. For example, every door handle or in-person exchange, it could be the virus. Going out to eat even becomes haunting. I might buy enough toilet paper to last me for months. In fact, the other day, as I was bringing home things from the office to work remotely, I came into the house feeling unusually warm. Immediately, I thought, does this mean I have a fever? For just a second, panic struck in and multiple scenarios in my head surfaced. Of course, I was intending to be thoughtful, but sometimes I take this overthinking thing too far. And in this case, it turned out I was just overdressed for the weather. Once I took off my bulky sweater and coat, I was just fine. But still, even for that second, I ruminate over what could possibly happen. I'd like to think it's just a normal human response during a time of crisis, but is it? So are you someone who finds yourself thinking about scenarios that probably won't come to pass? Does anyone understand this battlefield you have in your mind? 
do you characterize yourself as an overthinker? Many of us believe when we feel down or circumstances are out of our control that we should evaluate our feelings from every angle to attain insight. We try to find solutions to protect ourselves or relieve our unhappiness. This starts a snowball effect where we turn something insignificant or something we really don't understand into something much bigger. After all, aren't our minds the logical conduit that connects the spirit to the body? Hasn't God equipped us with brains so we could figure things out, friends? We don't know what we don't know. Celia Plath said, Rule number one is, don't sweat the small stuff. Rule number two is, it's all small stuff. And Robert Herjavac said, Thinking too much leads to paralysis by analysis. So where do you stand? According to research done by University of Michigan psychology professor Susan Nolan Hooksema, overthinking can lead to depression and anxiety. It can give us an inability to move forward and wreck our emotional health. You may not even realize we are overthinking because we're thinking all the time. It comes so naturally to us. When all I hear is my own voice repeating my own problems over and over in my head, I find my head space becomes full. I've also come to recognize that my quest to comprehend my situation may just be a way to numb the pain. So I'm encouraging you all to grieve. Grieve the loss of your daughter not having her senior year or the NCAA tournament being canceled, or not being able to perform or go to upcoming concerts, or even to school. Your grief needs to be dealt with. Richard Rohr says, pain that is not transformed will ultimately be transmitted. In times of crisis, we often fail to feel the pain because we are in problem-solving mode. Overthinking to avoid pain also leaves little space to hear God's voice and the encouragement and direction he has for us. The moment we overthink is the same moment we start blocking God's voice and guidance in the things he has prepared for us. We start unnoticing what God is doing. If overthinking is keeping you from doing something God calls you to do, well, it might be a problem. So I liken overthinking to puppies. What? Stay with me on this. I love puppies, especially yellow Labrador puppies. I enjoy their sweet, innocent faces and endearing countenance. Their playful mannerisms and puppy breath just make me smile. At the same time, these puppies, hey, they're gullible. They'll eat anything and chew on everything, even smelly shoes or furniture. They lack self-control and social skills, but they also chase their tails. Has anyone ever figured that one out? Often puppies will chase their tails because they may be bored or ex want to expend some energy. Some puppies don't realize their tail is actually part of their body and see it as a toy. As dogs age, this kind of play dies down, but when a pup chases its tail, it's as if he's on a mission. He goes round and round without stopping. He doesn't stop to ask why or think about where he's going. It's as if he wants to achieve something, do something, get somewhere. The ironic thing is that 
he really doesn't. He just goes round and round. Friends, not much different than us when we overthink. As humans, we chase our tails, probably more often than we realize. When we're stressed, overwhelmed, and frustrated, we can't seem to make sense of anything. We lack emotionally energy, but enough to keep asking why questions like, why did this happen? Why didn't I do this instead of that to prevent it from happening? And why did they get away with that? We don't know what we don't know. So how can we stop overthinking? How can we be at peace if we don't know anything? Could it be more simple than we're making it? And what if perhaps God doesn't need us to have all the answers? Perhaps you're someone in the state of overthinking regarding the COVID-19 virus. Maybe, or maybe it's something else in your life, like the loss of a job or a loved one. When you find yourself asking, what is it? I'd like to suggest that you limit yourself to the following eight questions. One, is it a life happening? You know, like a traffic jam, the weather, taxes, death, something we can't control, just like this COVID-19 virus. Two, is it a consequence of your poor choice? Maybe it's not a sin, you just were unwise. Three, are you experiencing a consequence of someone else's poor choice? Not a sin, just unwise. Four, is it a consequence of my sin? Have I strayed from God's commands? Have I affected others? Five, is it a consequence of someone else's sin? Has someone else strayed from God's commands? And has it affected others? Six, is it the enemy tempting or attacking me? Seven, is what's happening a characteristic of God? And eight, is it the truth of what God says about me? I've learned that once we answer these questions, we can respond in a more godly way instead of getting caught in the trap of overthinking. Here's some godly responses to those questions. One, if it's a life happening, you know, something we can't control like this COVID-19 virus, surrender. Perhaps we can pray like Jeremiah when he said in Jeremiah 10:23, Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. It is not for them to direct their steps. Two, if it's a consequence in your experiencing of your poor choice, learn from your mistake. Proverbs 24, 16 reminds us, For the righteous falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in times of calamity. James 1, 5 tells us, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Three, if you're living a consequence of someone else's poor choice, be wise, not judgmental, and offer mercy. James 3.17 tells us, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Four, 
If it's a consequence of your sin, confess. Proverbs 28.13 says, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. 5. If it's a consequence of someone else's sin, forgive. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if anyone has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave us. 6. If it's that enemy attacking, quote scripture, use the armor of God, and in the name of Jesus, send him on his way. Ephesians 6, 10-13 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. 7. If it's not a characteristic of God, like the virus, then it's the enemy. If it is a characteristic of God, then by all means, worship. Worship is one of our strongest weapons. In fact, in the book of Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas were thrown into jail. They waited till midnight when their praises to God will be heard loud and clear, and they began to pray and sing praises to him. All of a sudden, God responded by shaking the prison to its foundation and removing all the change in the hands of the prisoners. At the end, they were all set free. 8. If it's not the truth of what God says about you, then renew your mind by applying truth to combat those lies. Romans 12.2 tells us, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Too often, we either take little to no responsibility for our actions, or we take too much responsibility in our thoughts. Sometimes, in our need for validation during rough times, we are eager for others to notice what we're doing to solve the problem. We even equate worrying about our children as heroic instead of sinful. We need to remind ourselves that what's happening in the world, though it may affect us, it doesn't mean we cause them, and it doesn't mean we can fix them. No one has that kind of power, except, of course, God. L.J. Veneer said, The more I think about it, the more I realize that overthinking isn't the real problem. The real problem is that we don't trust. In closing, let's not forget about Peter. When the apostles were in the boat in the middle of the storm, even Peter started to overthink. Though his first instinct was to head towards Jesus, he got distracted by looking at his circumstances. Matthew 14.30 says, when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out and said, save me. So friends, I encourage you during this time, don't watch the wind. Don't look at your circumstances. Choose faith over fear. And after you stop watching the wind, which is variable, you just might have more time. So go ahead and hug a puppy. If you or someone you know needs encouragement during this unusual situation we find ourselves in, 
please visit my website at susankhookster.com. Go ahead and subscribe to the newsletter and learn more about having, how having a firm grasp of who God says you are will help you take notice of God on a more daily basis. You can also email me at susan at susankhookstra.com. Next time on The Notice. Do you desperately want to be a good mom but find yourself frustrated? Or do your feelings of inadequacy or hopelessness conflict with what you envision for motherhood? You want to join us for our next episode where I welcome Karen Hassing, a mother, speaker, and author of Confessions of an Irritable Mother. Join us as we discuss motherhood, the feelings of inadequacy we are scared to admit, and how motherhood helps us grow closer to God. In the meantime, take notice. Thank you.